Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Flyer uh, Podcast Playoff Edition, actually. The Flyers are gearing up for their first-round matchup against the Montreal Canadiens. Welcome back to the Flyer Podcast. I'm your host, Amadeo Garcia, along with my partner, Chris Mayer. The Flyers playoff hockey is almost here. It's tomorrow night. And for people that are listening, probably this on Wednesday morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening to this, it's going to be Wednesday night, tonight, whenever you want to call it. So, we got Flyers versus Montreal Canadiens. This is going to be our preview episode of the entire series for the Flyers and the 8th seeded, 12th seeded Montreal Canadiens, whatever you want to call them. Carter Hart versus Carey Price, a childhood idol going up against his idol, basically. That's Carter Hart looked up to Carey Price as a kid into his junior career, and he's facing him in his first round of his first career playoff series. Just think of that, Chris. He just, oh, I looked up to this guy for so long. And I have to face him in my first round of the playoff action. Uh, just go out there, kid. Go do it. It just seems like something you could just give to Universal and make a movie out of it. <laughs> it. It's just like, it's just like, hey, go out there, go face your idol, and try to win a playoff series against him. That'll be fun. It definitely will. Be, that'll be a goaltending matchup. Everyone's dying to wait. Like the, the the best goalie in the NHL and Carey Price versus the future best goalie in the NHL. And Carter Hart, that's a really great series right there. And the Flyers being first place, there's a lot of expectations going into the series for the Flyers. There's a lot of people that are expecting the Flyers to steamroll the Montreal Canadiens just because they are the, the worst seed going into the playoffs. And I don't want to say that. I want to give Montreal credit because they did beat Pittsburgh. They were managed to beat them very, very well. So I'm not going to overlook them. And the Flyers are definitely not going to overlook them. So... Let's look into this series against the Montreal Canadiens. So here is the schedule for the upcoming series. So game one will be August 12th, Wednesday night at 8 p.m. For most people that are listening to this, it's already Wednesday, so you're just gearing up for Flyers hockey. Game two will be Friday the 14th at 3 p.m. Game three will be the 16th on Sunday at 8 p.m. Game four will be the 18th, which is a Tuesday at 3 p.m., so game four and five are going to be back-to-backs. Game five, if necessary, is on August 19th, which is to be determined for the time. Game six is on the 21st, which is a Friday, to be determined for the time. And game seven, if necessary, is on Sunday the 23rd, which is the time to be determined if the game is necessary. So, Chris, I want to get your expectations going into this series for the Philadelphia Flyers. So... What do you think? Like, are you going with everyone thinking about the Flyers should steamroll this team, or are you a little bit skeptical a little bit? Are you thinking Montreal is better than what everyone thinks they are? Um, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, to be honest with you, I'm not like I, I'm not like uh, like I, I guess I should say confident. Like, and I'm not going to sit here and say you know, the Flyers aren't going to get the job done. I think that they'll win the series. But I'm not going to sit here that they're going to steamroll Montreal either. Like, I, I don't I don't see that. Um, you know, as we said, like, you know, they just beat Pittsburgh. Did they play their best and did they kind of hang around in those games? Yeah. But I think they played really good in some of the games. And I, I thought they played good in game one. They were really good. Price easily stole that game. Uh, but regardless, I thought they played good in in any of the other, in really all the other games, um, you know, and, and 
I don't know, man. I mean, I still think the Flyers are going to win this in either five or six. I wouldn't be surprised um, if the Canadians were to take either game one or two. Um, like, to me, the Flyers have to take this period by period. Like, the Flyers have to look at this like like they're playing Tampa Bay or Boston or, you know, or the Capitals, the Penguins, whoever. You know, like, it, you have to look at this like, you know, all these teams are, they are NHL teams for a reason. They compete in the best league in the world for a reason, and I know it sounds silly, but it's like, and I know I might be sitting here like maybe giving them too much credit, but then again, I don't want to underlook them kind of like how I guess you could say the Penguins did. Um, I, I, I really do think that, you know, the Canadians are a good team. Um, and I, to an extent, I should say that um, I don't think they're a great team, obviously, with the regular season and things like that. They were the worst team winning percentage and everything. But, you know, the Canadians have skilled players. Now, where I think the Flyers beat them is depth. I think the Canadians maybe have a line and a half, maybe, and that's probably about it. They have some pretty good defense. Um, I obviously you have to give the the edge to goaltending to Montreal, right? Um, and I, I don't think Carter Hart, Carter Hart is is really that far off. But regardless, I'm not going to sit here and underlook Montreal. The Flyers have to play their game. Like they cannot take a step back in the series because you know what? I saw it in that game one versus Pittsburgh with the Canadian with uh, the Canadians, and the way that they played, the way that they I guess you could say they hung around in the game, but they still gave a fighting chance, and they still played pretty good, and they end up winning it. Uh, and 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 then the other two games they won, they're down three one. They come back and they seal the deal. And then the other one they get the, they get the goal late, and then the empty netter, and they and they they really fought for that game as well. Um, I think the Flyers really have to really have to buckle down here because this is where it starts. And you know what? If 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 they find themselves down early, I don't know, man. I I don't want to sit here and say that they would like you know, lose, but I, I don't want, like, I, I think the, I think the first game is the most important one for the Flyers. Definitely. And I feel like this is going to be for the Flyers. They have to set the tone for this series in this first game. They have to show Montreal, Hey, you played Pittsburgh, which was a highly skilled offensive team, but they weren't good defensively. Let's show you what a good defense is like. Let's show you what a gritty defense is like. We're going to hit you. We're going to, we're going to keep you to the corners. We're going to keep it to the outside. We're going to be tough to play against. And it's not going to be easy for you. And the Flyers, like I said, they got to set the tone early. They got to basically step on the gas, and they can't hold up. If you're piling goal after goal after goal, you cannot step off the gas. The Flyers have to put this team down. They have to put this team away. And it could be early on. It could be in the middle of the game. You just never know. For Montreal, their their key basically for the series is they got to weather the storm in the beginning of the game because I feel like the Flyers are going to be the team that comes out basically rolling. They're going to be the ones controlling puck possession. They're going to be the ones generating majority of the chances in the beginning of this game. I feel like the Flyers, they need to score their goals early. They need to put down Montreal where they're at. They can't, mm-hmm. even though it's it's a difficult task to score against Carey Price, but Montreal, for how good defensively they played against Pittsburgh, I'll give them credit for that. I think the Flyers, they have way more depth than Pittsburgh does. The Flyers can roll out four lines and they can really wear out at other teams' defense. So that could be really beneficial for the Flyers. But like I said, they once they jump on the gas, they got to score goals. They got to get the carry price early and they got to put this team down. You can't have them hang around in the game because that's where you're going to lose the game if they continue to hang around. And also another key for me, the Flyers got to score on the power play. That, that's oh, probably going to be one of the major factors for this series is the, mm-hmm. pen, is the special teams. And, and and that's the thing. I'm not necessarily worried about the penalty kill. The penalty kill has been fine, and, and that's you know that's that's kind of given because most teams' power plays haven't been that great. Um, but again, like the power play has to has to give here. 
and to be honest with you, this might be the time for some of these guys in the lineup that you're looking at, you know, that haven't scored yet. Guys like Konechny, guys like Hayes, guys like Giroux, Couturier, uh, you know, and, and, and then even Voracek as well. Like, these are the guys you're looking on here to start getting the momentum. I, I'm going to go out of limb here. I personally think JVR is going to score in game one. I just, I have this feeling that, that JVR is going to have a good game. Um, and, and that's even if he's in the lineup. Um, but regardless, you know, AV said uh, he doesn't really know what he's, but I shouldn't say that. He, he doesn't, he's not really going to be releasing the lines as much. It's kind of something he's always done. Um, and he also said he made the decision about Hagger Ghost, but he's not, he didn't, he wasn't willing to elaborate on who will be in um, at the time. So we'll obviously know by game time. Um, but regardless, we probably won't know until game time is, is where I'm getting at. So um, again, you know, I like the Flyers. They have to have good special teams. I'm not worried about the goaltending. I think Carter Hart's going to be fine. They have to score the first goal, and they have to have a good start. They cannot go into this like having a bad start here to Montreal. Like if they do, and they find themselves down, I mean, I mean, you know, and I, I might sound silly, but I don't because, you know, like I'm mean, me and you saw it perfectly. The game that that, that they lost four one at home, they were getting dominated early, and then they score the first goal and they give it up. What I think it was like 18 seconds later, they tie it and they end up losing the game 4-1. It's like, dude, you have to score first and you have to get a jump on these teams. And I know it's, uh, and I know it is like, it it is the the lower seed. But regardless, like this is a team that just beat Pittsburgh. I'm not gonna, I'm not really looking at underlooking them at all. And I, to be honest with you, I didn't, I wasn't like too comfortable with playing them and like, you might call me crazy but what i've seen with this team for the years that i've watched them where this is the best team i've seen and they've sucked for a long time and when it's like the games that like oh you're, you're looking at the schedule oh they should win this game they end up getting shut out you know it's just like, like you know what i mean but i listen it's a different team i really don't have that feeling i get like this every game and i know i don't sound like this sometimes but i get like this every single game before the game actually starts and then the first five minutes are down i'm like okay i think they can win this game and then they, they end up winning. So I'm, I guess you could say I'm just nervous because I want them to win so bad. And also I don't want them, you know, having such a good season and losing in the first round of the Canadians. So, um, again, you know, I, I, I think the start is huge. And, and, and as you said, special teams is, is even bigger. Yeah. So basically for like for you, Chris, like this is like you start being a Flyers fan, like in the early 2010s. And this is really the first playoff series you're going into. Yeah. When the Flyers had expectations to mm-hmm. actually go far to the playoffs, like the previous teams, like in 2018, 2016, those teams really didn't have expectations. They were expected to be first round exits because those were teams that just barely got into the wild card race. And you got the Dave Haxtell era, basically. And those teams heavily relied on their top scoring to win those series. And it really just didn't happen in the Pittsburgh series. It was mainly just Sean Couture trying to single-handedly take on the Penguins. And in 2016 against the Washington Capitals, the Flyers just couldn't score a lick in that series. They were terrible offensively. And also the goaltending wasn't major, really a help either. Steve Mason against Washington wasn't that good. Yeah. Michael Neuverf almost came in and stole the series, but the Flyers, like I said, they couldn't score. Brian Elliott against yeah. the Pittsburgh Penguins wasn't really that good. No. Had to rely on Michael Neuverf once again. And against the New York Rangers, the Flyers almost could have won that series, but it, it just happened like that. The Rangers just took game seven. Yeah, and then that was just like a lack of scoring. I remember Bill Meltzer brought that up where it was like the goaltending almost won on the series and like no one could score. I think I think I think Jason Atkinson had like three goals in that series. 
Uh, yeah, he definitely did. Which was insane. And I think I think Matt Reed had a couple goals. And, oh, my Shen God, it was unreal. Yeah, Shen had a goal. I know Voracek had a goal in Game 2. Um, and then Simmons, the hat trick in Game 3. I don't think G scored. Um, G scored, I think, like one, like an empty netter, and that was it. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't do much. And then that was, like, when he was really harped on. Like, And then the next year, they were terrible. Yeah, and and oh just going God. into the series, like you were talking about, this is going to be very big for the top six forwards, basically, to get their go get going. And I expect this is like for I expect like for when depth comes in, that's when you're getting into the later rounds of the playoffs. Like that's when your depth scoring is going to really help you and really really help you win games in later rounds into the playoffs. I feel like an earlier round like this against a more weaker opponent, even though Montreal does did beat Pittsburgh, they're still a very, very weak opponent. This is when your top guys, this is when they start to produce. This is when they take advantage of a poor team, even though, like I said, they beat Pittsburgh. You can't underestimate them. This is when a your top six forwards, Jacques Giroux, Sean Couture, Jake Forchek, Kevin Hayes, Travis Konechny, even Scott Lawton, even though he was really good, in the round robin tournament. Hopefully he can keep up that pace. This is when the top six really comes into play. This is when they can start to wake up. They can start to get into motion. And then if the Flyers move on, that's when the depth's really going to really start to come in, when you can roll those four lines out. Because mm. later rounds in the playoffs, like I said, that's when your depth is going to be very, very key. And in this yeah, first and, round, this is when the top six is really important. Yeah, definitely. And and to go back to... Uh to the the old teams here it's funny like Voracek said it today he said like this is the best team he's been on since you know like 2011 2012 uh-huh. <laughs> like he just and he's he's right I mean this is the best team that they've had since that time because they just the others just couldn't get it done they didn't have the depth and you know they, they were older or I guess weaker in the goaltending position and and you know the, obviously the coaching staff and everything but um it, it's just crazy like <laughs> And it's funny, like, I would have never expected anyone to say that but Jake. <laughs> Out of all the guys, I just had a few. Well, one, Jake's also been here. You know, he's one of the longest players here to play at, at that time. And two, he's he's right. And, and he's more outspoken, doesn't speak to the media much. But when he does, there's always something funny that he says, and it's so relatable. Yeah, it's funny. The only players left over from that 2012 team are Giroux, Jake, and JBR. Coot. And, and Katoria. Mm-hmm. I keep forgetting Katori was on the team. He's been in the league for so long. I keep forgetting. He was uh, and, in the league when he, after he was drafted. Yeah, and he's only 27. So. Yeah. <laughs> and he's still very, very young. Yeah, and, and he was great when he was 19, and, and he's still great. Yeah. Like, just imagine, like, back then he was a dominant force on the defensive side. Now he's breaking into his offensive game, and now he's going to be a selkie felling list for yeah. years and years to come. Um, and and the best thing is that I you said this in the first ever episode we did this. We, did, we started this podcast. That Coots uh, finally got the chance to play with those top line guys. I personally think that was one of the best moves Hackstall ever made. Was putting uh, him yes. up on that top line, and that right there, oh my god, like that is just crazy. Because because for so long he's a third, fourth line guy, and it's like personally, I I, I think the Flyers are going to match up well with the with that top line. I think to know. Uh, against Coots is going to be definitely something to see, and then you also have G in there for faceoffs as well if Coots gets kicked out or vice versa. But regardless, it's like I, I think the Flyers will really benefit with that top line. I think the thing is is that people are going to look at um, you know the third and fourth line, and today they said it on NHL Network like, can the Flyers like third and fourth line like contribute? And I'm like, well, they've been contributing this whole time. They get 
two goals from the fourth line in the round robin game. The, the, the last two games, the third and fourth line have looked phenomenal, especially yep. the third line. Albie Kubel with two goals the last game. That third line with Farabee and Albie Kubel and Grant was phenomenal against the Capitals. Didn't get any points. It's like it just seems like there was just something off when they were saying that. I believe it was Dave Reed. Um, and I'm just like, what are you talking about? Like, all four lines have been rolling. I'm like, have you been watching these games? Like, and and I get it. You know, they, they cover all, all you know, 31, you know, soon to be 32 teams in the league. But it's like, you know what I mean? It's, it's just weird. It's, it's like, what do you mean? It's, uh, you know, can they get these guys rolling? Like, they've been rolling. I, I just didn't understand it. Yeah, that's... I mean, granted, they uh, it's weird. I don't like watching NHL Network because I do feel like sometimes the announcers do get really biased towards certain certain teams. Oh, dude, a hundred percent. Those lists they make are atrocious. Oh, yeah. Like I, they had the top twenty defensemen and Cal McCars at like number ten, and yeah. Provorov isn't even on the list. I'm like, dude, are you shitting me? Yeah, like, Cal McCarr and absurd. Cal McCarr and Quinn Hughes are already like in the top whatever, and yeah, uh, only and, played and, one year in the league. McCarr's played a total of like sixty. I think it's. I think it was 67 NHL games when that list came out. I don't know if the playoffs count towards that, um, but regardless, he's played 67 NHL regular season games. I guess if you want to call it like that, and he's top 10 in the league. Are you kidding me? Provorov mm-hmm. hasn't missed a game since 16-17, and this kid has hasn't even played a full season, and he's top 10. It's it's absurd. It, it, hey, but it's like what Provorov said. He doesn't play the game to get on some stupid list. No, he just he exactly. plays the he plays the game to win a Stanley Cup, and that's what the Flyers have their chances right here. So, in terms for looking at the Montreal Canadiens for players that stand out, I would say players that really I guess make more of an impact for Montreal. You got to go with the number one guy, and that's Carey Price. Like he he didn't steal the series against Pittsburgh, but he was a major factor in Montreal winning that series. And during that series against the Pittsburgh Penguins, he went 3-1 and one with a 1.67 goals against average and a 9.47 save percentage with one shutout in the final game of that series. So Carey Price, he was looking like playoff Carey Price in that series against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Granted, he did not steal a game. He played very good to win a series for them. And then you look at some other players that are on the roster, Shea Weber, the old-time veteran. Some people were thinking his game's not, he's a little too old. He's a little too rusty for playoff hockey. He's probably not going to be much of an impact. He got four points for them. And he was a very stable force on that blue line for Montreal. And I feel like for, I guess, shutting people down in terms for the Montreal Canadiens, maybe you got to shut down more of the younger guys because younger guys are going to be a major factor in this series for Montreal as well. Like just Barry Kakakaniemi, then Nick Suzuki. This is going to be their first basically their first playoff action in, in their life. So they're going to be very excited for this, very amped up. And I feel like the Flyers, they just need to shut these guys down. And I think one guy that's in particular, Dale Weiss, you got to shut Dale Weiss down. If Jordan Will scores, I am going to go ballistic. <laughs> if either him or Dale Weiss puts the puck in the back of that, I am going to be so furious. It's not even funny. JVR better score. It's weird. It's <laughs> weird. Doesn't Does Jordan Will play on the top line for them? He's on the fourth line. He's on the fourth. For some reason, I thought he was playing on the top line for them. No. Because I saw he, Dale, Dale Weiss was playing with. <laughs> who was he, had, he was playing with Domi. I saw Dale Weiss once with oh, Domi. <laughs> that is so. That is horrible. Poor Domi. That, is, then, that is. Yeah. Wow. And also one guy that you also have to look at that didn't really like do much in this series against Pittsburgh. Yeah, look at guys like Thomas Tatar, Brendan Gallagher, Jonathan Drouin. 
They yeah. were very silent against Pittsburgh. I mean, you got to watch think, out for those I guys. Think, I think Sandheim had more points than Tatar did. Yes. And Tatar uh, recorded no points. <laughs> oh you got, yeah, Brendan Gallagher got one point with an assist. Jonathan Drewin got one point with a goal. Like th- these guys were very silent, but I do expect him to bring out a little bit of something else against the Flyers since it's like, okay, we're actually in the playoffs now. Like we we have a chance right here. But it's it's gonna be key for the Flyers to shut these guys down because Brendan Gallagher he sometimes does go off when he does play the Flyers a yeah. little bit. Is it me or does Brendan Gallagher against the Flyers remind you of Tyler Johnson against the Flyers? Yes. Like for some reason that dude scores every game, Johnson, and he did the last game, and yep. then Gallagher for some reason I don't know what it is. Uh, and I, it's, I, I I'm tell just you. happy Kovalchuk isn't on the Canadians anymore because oh thank God oh God. That would have been awful. <laughs> for some reason, I just had that like a if Kovalchuk was on the Canadians, like he for some reason would find a way to go off. I don't know why, but I it, it was just that like the weird gut feeling in my mind. I just don't know. I don't know why, but it, these are the guys that the Flyers shut these guys down, and I for some reason this sort of reminds me of I I don't want to say 2010 against Montreal because Montreal was the worst team going into that playoff series. And they ended up going to the conference finals against the flyers and Montreal, they were a terrible offensive team. And Michael Layton just took that series with ease and he got three shutouts in there. So can that be the same reason for Carter Hart to have a really good series right there? Cause Montreal is not as good offensively. I like, personally think Hart is going to be lights out and that's only because he's his idol is at the other end of the ice. And you, you want to know what also I think is going to be a really really good reason why Carter Hart has a really good playoffs? It's because I think there's no added pressure because of the fans. There's no fans there. Yeah, and I think that's, that's going to be very true. beneficial to him. Yeah, and 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 and, and the Flyers also start as the designated, the designated quote unquote home team. Yeah, they uh, were, so we'll be, they so were we'll the be seeing the, the boys and yeah, the, we'll be seeing the boys in orange, uh, which you, they are, I believe, undefeated in. Yeah. Do you, th- do you think the Flyers are going to have Lauren Hart sing the national anthem and the Canadian national anthem to start off the game? Because I think teams are doing that. Like when they're the declared home team, they have their anthem singers sing their the the two national anthems. So do you think Lauren Hart's going to make her appearance there? Because I don't I don't remember her in the in the previous round robin games when the Flyers were the home team. She was there, the Caps and the Bruins, right? I, I honestly couldn't tell you that because I wasn't able to no, watch. No, 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 the Caps and the Lightning, right? Yeah, yeah, she was there for the Capitals. She was um, just there for the live. Capitals game. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, no, she, I think she was there for Tampa. She did it on national for in Tampa. Um, mm-hmm. She she did it at Wells Fargo, but when she did it uh, for the Capitals, it was through NBC Philly's broadcast. So she did it remotely, like sitting in her house or something. Uh, and then I when see. she did it against Tampa, she was in Wells Fargo. Kind of, I don't know if you watched the one Canucks game. They had Michael Blue Blade did it on at yeah. Center Ice. I saw that. That was nice. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. nice. Hopefully they do that again with Lauren Hart because even though they're not going to be playing God Bless America because that tradition is dead, it's it'll still be nice just to see Lauren Hart sing the national anthem because that's just a Flyers tradition. Number one ranked, it's just to hear Lou Nolan announce the number one ranked infamous in our NHL, our very own Lauren Hart. That's going to be off to see because it's not Lou Nolan on the, on the PA announcer, but it, it'll still be nice seeing Lauren Hart sing the national anthem for the Flyers playoff games at least. 100%. It'll be nice. Yeah, so, so Chris, in terms of, I know, I know we're not prediction people. And, ho- and like Bill Meltzer said, hockey is a very hard sport to predict. It's very unpredictable. Do you have a prediction just for the series in general? 
Uh, I have the Flyers in either five or six. And do you want to knock on wood just in case? There you go. <laughs> and I guess I'll go with my prediction right here. I got the Flyers in five games. I'm going to bang on the desk right there. <laughs> so th- those are our predictions. So hopefully people, if you see it, our post on our Instagram feed, our Twitter feed, our Facebook feed, don't forget, put it in the comment section. What do you think the Flyers expectations are for you in this series? Do you expect them to steamroll the team? Do you expect this to be a very tight series? What are your expectations? Do you expect the Flyers to win this? Do you expect it to be a tougher competition? We want to know. Go follow us on our Instagram feeds at Florida Podcast, our YouTube. Also, why not comment on our YouTube videos as well? What do you expect from the Flyers and the Montreal Canadiens during this series? So, moving on to other games that were today. So, Chris, that Columbus-Tampa Bay game. What the hell? What? What? (laughs) What? the hell was that five overtimes that game started at three o'clock yes and ended at 9 30 at night so if people didn't weren't able to watch the i don't know how you didn't watch this game at least some of it tampa bay wins this game they take game one of the series three to two in the fifth overtime the fifth overtime jeez I think it was long. <laughs> and you know what ended up happening? Because Boston and Carolina were supposed to play tonight at 8 o'clock. That game got moved to tomorrow at 11 a.m. Just before how long this game took. <laughs> it was crazy. Crazy. Corpusalo and Vasilevsky. Oh, my God. They were just brick walls that entire game. Brick walls. Oh God! I, I I said it to my I said it to my friends. We were watching the game, and I was like, I was like, it's either gonna be an absolute snipe or the the the, the most awkward goal going off like six people and going in. That's gonna go in the net, yeah, and that, it's a snipe. That, yeah, that always happens in playoff overtime. I've always been told if it doesn't if the goal doesn't happen in the first five minutes of the overtime, it's going to be a while before yeah. the goal goes in, and it's always a very fluky goal, a very little baby type of goal or it's an absolute snipe or an, and, just an unstoppable puck. And to be honest, it was kind of both. Like Kucherov gets the one timer, it's blocked, right back to him, shoots it, it goes off the dude's face and just lands on point stick. And he shoots it like it's little, like like it, like he had like a uh uh yeah um a lacrosse stick in his hand and he just like picked it up and I think that's why he had so much elevation on it because it was flat, like on his stick. And he just swung it and it just went top corner. And like Corpusal had no shot on it. I mean, he probably didn't even see it. Yeah, he he definitely didn't see. It. And you want to know one thing I was rooting for in this game, Chris? I was rooting for Eric Robinson to score a goal, the South Jersey guy. I was rooting for him to get a goal. He almost had one on that two-on-one where he crashed into Vasilevsky, and Vasilevsky started bleeding after that. I was like, oh my god, Eric, you were so close. Like, come on, man. <laughs> I was rooting for him to score a goal, but. Chris, do you have any? Do you who do you think wins that series, Tampa Bay or Columbus? Who do you think? Uh, I have to think Tampa. You have to I think. I see that, yeah, because Brian Boucher made a great point the other night that I was like, dude, that's such a good point. Like, it was uh, okay. So he said um, that the Flyers Bruins series in 2010, Flyers reverse sweep the three nothing lead in Game Seven, and next year face Boston again in the second round, and they mop them up. They swept them. I, I, the Flyers, like he said, the Flyers had no business in that series, um, and he was right. I mean, they were got, they got killed, 
and I think that's that might happen this year. Like, I, yeah, and you know what? Uh, you know, Columbus put up a great fight. Corpus Allo was amazing. I mean, what, what do you have? Eighty-five saves at least. Oh my he god, had... he 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 holds an NHL record now for the most saves. Oh. Um, <laughs> the Tampa had, I think, over a hundred and eighty shot attempts. Um, unbelievable, and I think Columbus almost had sixty block shots. And but and also... regardless. It's just like, dude, I I have to think Tampa wins it. I mean, I I with the momentum from that game too, with like that's really sucks for for Columbus. Now, was now for this game since it went to the, to the fifth overtime, did this game break the record for the longest game playoff game in NHL history? Did it beat the Flyers and Penguins? Well, the Flyers and Penguins actually isn't the most. It isn't. Uh, it's, it's the third most. There's a game in 1936. With the Montreal Maroons and the Detroit Red Wings, it went. It went that went that one went six overtimes, and it was a one nothing game. Um, and I believe Montreal won, uh, but you know the Flyers is the third, um, and I do not remember the other one before that. I honestly have no idea, but I know that the first because I looked it up. It was the first of the 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 Maroons one is the first one, and the Flyers are third. But uh, Primo had scored at eight minutes on the dot at the fifth overtime. And points scored at I think, I think they said it was at ten twenty seven. He scored, and that that's on like the stat sheet at like ten twenty seven of the period. So that's like, I'm trying to think what that is. That was usually, was Primo eight minutes left in the period. Primo was eight minutes left. That's twelve minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right? twelve. He, that's tw- that's twelve minutes into the period. Okay, yeah. So he he was ten twenty seven in the end of the period. So that's like nine and a half. Mm-hmm. So it's like a minute, a minute twenty seven seconds off from the Flyers being longer. Interesting, very, very interesting. And it's, it, I don't know if it's like controversial, but that uh, that play by Hedman when Atkinson had that shorthanded breakaway, like that, that was a penalty. I was surprised I didn't call that. Like, yeah, that was, I was surprised that was, too. That was, a, that was a hold. And there was um, also this one penalty on Felina where they called a high stick and it wasn't oh, a high was stick. Such a bad call. That was terrible. That, it was it was the follow through and it hits him. It's like, dude, how do you call that? It, yeah, it reminded thing. me of the the Provorov high stick when he goes and slashes the guy and it hits him in the face at the same time. It's like it's so unlucky. Like, like you can't call that in a playoff game. Yeah, you, they, especially you a game. I think at the time it was like a throw. I, I don't even remember. I think that was the fourth overtime when that happened. (laughs) It's a long game. Well, well, I I know Point had two goals in the first and the eighth period. uh, (laughs) That I will say. Um, He scored one at, at, you know, I think it was around, you know, 340, probably 340 in the afternoon. The other one was about 920 something at night. So I I, I just love the eighth period. The eighth period. (laughs) The first and the eighth period. That is amazing. So who knows if the game two like they haven't announced that it was going to be del- or pushed back another day because it's still scheduled for Thursday at three p.m. So who knows if the NHL decides to do it or push it back? Maybe they probably won't. I just have that feeling they won't. But there's other games on tap for tonight. There's two games since the uh, Boston Carolina game was pushed back to tomorrow. There are well actually one more game left because another game actually finished before the Columbus Tampa Bay game ended. It was the Calgary Flames and the Dallas Stars. And Calgary takes this game by a score of 3-2. In game one, they take a one nothing series lead. So, I, honestly, before this series started, I was seeing a lot of people pick Calgary for this series. I'm like, hmm, Calgary? And I was just like, I can maybe see it because Calgary, Dallas can't score. 
no. Dallas, for some reason, they have they have so many dynamic offensive players and they can't score. I don't know why. Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, for some reason, those guys just cannot be consistent enough. I don't understand it. And Calgary, they have a much better offense. They do. To be honest with you, I don't know what it is with the Stars, but I have never looked at them as a team that's like a threat. Like, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's the underperformance of their players. It is. Like, like Sagan and Ben, like, it's insane how many good players they have. I mean, like, their their top five players are Ben, Sagan, Radulov, uh, Haskinen, Bishop, Klingberg, uh, Hintz, Garyanov, Pavelski. It's, it's like, what the hell? Like, they have a good team. And and, and, and there's more. I mean, Dickinson's pretty good. Um, yeah, Heiskanen I, in Fo- there. Fo- yeah, I said Heiskanen, uh Foxa. He's pretty good as well. I mean, they have a good team, and it's just like, what the hell? They just can't, um, for some reason, find a way to click. I, I is it like, it might sound dumb, but do they do they not have like that piece? Maybe like, I don't know because it's like they have like the guys I just read are like some summer superstars in this league, and it's like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what it is with Dallas. Um, I, I I can't question depth. I can't. I don't know what it is. I really don't. I mean, they have the depth. They have the talent. They have the defense, and they got the goaltending. They got a. To me, they they have a similar, uh, really one A one B with the Flyers do with Hart and and uh, Elliot with yeah. um, Bishop and Hudobin. I thought, dude, Hudobin's phenomenal. Yeah, Hudobin started this game over Bishop. I was yeah. surprised. <laughs> and yeah, well, they, they also. I wonder if was Bishop. No, no. Well, no. You said this before we uh, before we started this that he was on the bench, right? Yeah, he was on the bench. He, well, they yeah. Well, the last game. Available. Yeah, well, the last game it was uh it was it wasn't him on the bench. I don't know who it was. It might have been another goalie they brought with them. I don't know who was on the roster, but um, was it Ottinger? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I have no idea who it was. I know it wasn't Mike McKenna. <laughs> with the Texas Stars. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh, that's a blast from the past. Even though that was last year. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, was it last year or the year before. I can't remember. Um. <laughs> But but even still, it's like I don't know. I mean, personally, you know, it, it, we've seen some goaltending changes. I mean, we see um, Leonard in that tonight for Vegas in in, in the uh, in the first game here, um, which is not really that surprising. I I don't know, man. I just feel bad for Flurry. It's like every time he gets a chance, like this is like one. Of the, like Vegas is a favorite for this year, and he still needs the backup. Yep. And it's the same thing with uh, with Pittsburgh. I mean, you know, sixteen and seventeen. He's, you know, what I mean, it's like it's like what the hell. But yeah. I mean, I mean, he had an 09 and everything. But even still, I, I don't know. I, I, I never really saw the argument about why Flurry's overrated. I, I never really understood that. I mean, everybody looks at his advanced stats, and it's like, dude, how do you base that on? Well, how do you base one thing off of a, a guy who's, you know, he's won cups. He's he's a three time or two two time three time. I can't remember. He's a three three-time Stanley Cupper. Yeah, three-time Cup champ. Um, and you know, once as a starter, he makes the save that wins the game. It's like, dude, I mean, he. I think he's, he's. I know he's top thirtieth in the league in shutouts. I think so. Um, I think he's actually thirtieth. Um, he's got forty-eight uh, shutouts. I know that. Um, he's he's about to get fifty, but he, in, in, and that's just for his career. Um, he had ten shutouts in fourteen fifteen with the Penguins. I mean, he's he's a great goaltender. I never really understood the argument with him, and I know he gives up a soft goal here and there. I mean, he's kind of known for that, but it doesn't mean you're overrated. I mean, if you look at Hextall, he was like that. Hextall was one of the best ever. 
to be honest. And I shouldn't. Well, I guess you could say ever. I never saw him play, but he's he's one of the best Flyers goaltenders of all time. And he's you know he's always known for giving up that soft goal. And I feel like Steve Mason was kind of like that, to be honest. He, like mm-hmm. Mason could be a brick wall one night, and the next night he think you know he could save a beach ball and he could drive he a Mack truck through his five hole. He he can't stop a goal that's from center ice from Chimera. <laughs> yeah, tipping. Oh, oh, dude, I don't know if you remember this. I was talking about this with my dad the other night. They were playing the Rangers on a Saturday night in like 2016. I do. I remember weird things, but anyway, it, it, it's a tip in from Stepan. He dumps it and it goes off someone's foot and goes in like seven seconds in, but it was called off because they were offside. I was like, dude. I mean, they still won the game. But I was like, what the hell? I was like, dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> it just seemed like it just seemed like they couldn't get a break. I remember the, my favorite Mason moment is like a game against the Boston Bruins and when they lost in like the final seconds, and it was because a shot went off of Brandon Manning and just Mason gave Manning the death stare. Be like, come on, man. Are you serious? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> that was uh Oh, that was the game where if they won, they clinched the spot, right? I think so. Oh, think my so. God. And didn't they miss that year? Or no, they made it, right? I think they made it that year. Yeah, they made it, but it took them, like, the last game of the season because it was the Flyers, Bruins, and Red Wings in the hunt. Mm-hmm. And if they won that game, because I remember it because, oh, my God, didn't Vandevaldi score or Nick Schultz? I, 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 I could Oh, tell my you. God, I remember that because <laughs> I had I remember I had a hockey game that day, and they were they, it was tied for the longest time, and the game – my game was in the middle of the start of like the third period, so I was missing it. And um, I'm going on the the bench for a faceoff, and my dad is like, "It's two one, like the Flyers." And I'm like, "Oh my god, thank God!" And then I go to the bench, and he and he looks at me, and he's like, two two with like 18 seconds left." I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And I see his replay. Oh, it goes off Manning, and then they end up losing. I think an overtime or a shootout. But I even still, so. I think if they won the game, they clinched the playoff spot. And then they had, I think it was like two or three games later, they ended up clinching it. But even still, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, that was some fun memories right there. And yeah, then fun. the final game that's on tap that we were just talking about, so Chicago Blackhawks and the Vegas Golden Knights, they're currently in the first intermission right now, knotted at zero games apiece. And for games that are happening tomorrow, so you got the rescheduled game between the Hurricanes and the Boston Bruins at 11 a.m. So that's an early start for hockey right there for some playoff hockey. At 3 p.m., you'll have the New York Islanders and the Washington Capitals. Hopefully, none of these games go to the fifth overtime like Columbus and Tampa did. Then at 5.30, you get the uh, Arizona Coyotes and the Colorado Avalanche. And at 8 p.m. will be the Flyers and the Canadians. And the final game of the night at 10.30 will be the Vancouver Canucks and the St. Louis Blues. So, as for scheduling goes down, let's get into one more topic before we end off this episode. So, Chris, that draft lottery last night. That draft lottery. Huh? Um, that, that, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not. I, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I, no, I don't care. The Rangers got it. Yeah, yada, yada, yada. They're still, they're, they're, they are still a miles off from being a cup contender. I don't care what anybody says. That is not going to make their team, uh, you know, 40,000 times better than what everybody's making it like. Uh, you know, one player doesn't make a team, and I might sound like an idiot, but you know what? It doesn't matter because that was the second worst thing that could have happened with Pittsburgh being number one. Uh, and I, I, I love how the video of Toronto's ball literally double-doinking and then going down <laughs> and then the Rangers one just shooting up. 
Um, and it, it was a little sketchy because the dude put the Rangers ball in and then took it out to quote unquote confirm the logo as it literally oh. says Rangers in it. Um, it's it's oh my god, it's insane. Are you are you sure this is the logo for the Carol? The, not the Car- the New York Rangers. Are you and, sure this is the uh, logo for this? Yeah, team? I mean, oh yeah, I mean, it only says New York Rangers in it. <laughs> Jesus, and I and I love that video of the uh, Toronto ball just like just barely get, hitting the post. And it, like I love the person that wrote John Tavares. Yeah, that was Corwin from shaking, uh, hitting the post <laughs> on an empty net. <laughs> yeah, that was Corwin from uh, Bar Down from TSN. That's awesome. Oh God, that that was fantastic. But hey, I I, I know as a Flyers fan that sucks, but. I do feel this team is still set for the future. So the Rangers, yeah, they're going to be a good, they're going to be a scary team a few years down the road, but the Flyers are also going to be a scary team a few years down the road Mm -hmm. and continue. So even though it's, I'll say it's not Pittsburgh. That that's the least of your worries. It's not Pittsburgh. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, like, like, yeah. And and when I say that, I'm, I'm obviously joking around, but the (laughs) Rangers are going to be a a good team, but it's still going to take some time. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to make the playoffs next year because they're not. It's still some hoes to fill. And once I saw that first overall pick, I saw Lafreniere, Panarin, Zabinajet. I was like, ooh, as a, as a hockey fan, that's, ooh, that's nice. That's a very nice. Lafreniere with Kako on the same line, too. That could also happen as well. That could also happen. Lafreniere, uh, Kako, and and Heedle. Oh, my. Maybe Lafreniere on the fourth line so he doesn't get any ice time at all. Ooh, that's also nice. <laughs> Could you imagine? He's oh, a healthy just... scratch. <laughs> and the best part is, like, they interview him and he's like, oh, yeah, it's a nice city. Just like Kako when he makes a video. He's like, oh, it's wow, a nice city. <laughs> that was so funny. He's like, wow, it's a nice city. Yeah, I, I, like, I felt for Lafreniere because I definitely knew he wanted to go to a team like the Canadians and that, that dream was ruined when they made the playoffs. Because he's a he's a good old French Canadian guy, and he he I guess he doesn't get to play for the team that he probably grew up cheering for, so that kind of sucked. But hey, he he's in a big city. He's in New York City, so he's yeah. probably in the best hockey market in the world. Probably, probably one of the best hockey markets. Yeah, I would would you say New York's the best hockey market in the United States? I think so. probably yeah, hundred percent. I think in Canada it's the Canadians or the Leafs. Yeah, that, that that that's that that's one of the obvious ones. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think Brian's second best was, to be honest, Winnipeg. <laughs> Out of the Canadian teams. Yeah, maybe. So, I know Flyers fans are disappointed about that, but hey, you're focused on the team right now. They're in the playoffs. They have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. And we got a game, whenever you're listening to this episode, it's most likely going to be tonight, which is Wednesday. For us, we're recording this at 1130 on Tuesday night, so it's tomorrow night for us. We got some Flyers playoff action tomorrow against the Montreal Canadiens at 8 p.m. People get hyped. Find your brick walls, run for them, get your Flyers gear ready, just do anything. Prep for your game, do whatever you have to do to be prepared for 8 p.m. puck drop. Make, Hopefully, sure, you that, make sure you prep your nachos and your queso blanco. And, and you'll, have, you'll have a good night. <laughs> and just pray that none of the, the previous games go to the fifth overtime. So you pray that the Carolina game doesn't go to the fifth overtime. You pray that the, the Islanders game doesn't go to the fifth overtime. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just imagine if that happens again? No. Right. Dude, I <laughs> felt tired watching that game. And, and that's going to be the question going down forward. Because you can't predict when a game goes that far. There's going to be just quite a few games that might get like pushed back to one day or two. 
just and the best part is that is that the the uh, the Stars Flames game was supposed to be on NBCSN, and the only thing I saw was the was the the live look-ins. Yep. The only thing I saw, I think the I think the most I saw was the last minute and a half. Yeah, the one thing I hate about that, they said, oh, you can watch it on the NBC Sports app. Like, why can't you just put it on like another NBC-owned channel, or why can't you just put it on an NHL network? Why it was on happen? an NHL network. It was. Yeah, they had it on. Yeah, because that game was so long, they ended up throwing it on there. Yeah, because so flip back and forth. Yeah, because at first they said um, it's only going to be on the NBC Sports app where you can watch. Yeah, it. I like, think once they hit like the third overtime, they were like, "All right, let's put it to NHL Network," and then, <laughs> and then it was on there. And I flip it over, and it was on. And I was like, "Oh," I was like, "Yeah, I'm not watching this. I'm watching the game that's in overtime." Regardless, <laughs> I wouldn't have changed the channel, anyways. Oh, definitely not. Maybe commercial or intermission, but <laughs> I wouldn't have changed it if the play was on. Did, was it me, or did it seem like that that they? I could have sworn they went through a whole period with no commercial break. Like, oh yeah, I, like I was Overtime like, dude, does not go to commercials. <laughs> I was like, this is great. I was like, this is this is great. Yeah, they they don't want to prolong the game any further and, when it gets to overtime, so it's just no no commercials. <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing was, it was like I was watching on the stream on my girlfriend's Xbox, and I was like, hmm, I was like, is this because of the stream? So I ran downstairs real quick and I threw the TV on just to see like if it was uh you know if there was no commercials there was no commercials like oh all right all right i was like i went back upstairs like this is great (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely gonna be great it's gonna be great to see flyers playoff action tomorrow night or today whatever it is you're listening to this podcast it's gonna be fun it's gonna be great run for your brick walls like chris said warm up your nachos Order some pizza if you have to. Get some, get some white claws. Get some beers. Get some buds. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare for Flyers playoff action 8 p.m. Wednesday night against the Montreal Canadiens on NBC Sports Network or NBC Sports Philadelphia. Which channel are you gonna watch it on, Chris? Um, so I'm gonna tune into Jim Jackson. Probably with Bill JJ, Clemens. and I really hope Bill Clements on that because he, he makes those games. He's definitely I love Keith good. Jones. I absolutely love Keith Jones, but there's just a different vibe when Bill Clements on there. Nothing against Jonesy at all. Yeah. He's fabulous too. Yeah. Jonesy's probably going to be with NBC Sports Network, so you're going to get Bill mm-hmm. Clement most likely. Mm-hmm. So that's going to do it for this episode here at the Florida Podcast. Like I said, do whatever you have to do to prepare for the 8 p.m. game against the Montreal Canadiens. Game one, Flyers Canadians. So that'll do it here for the Florida Podcast. I'm your host, Amadeo Garcia. He is Chris Mayer. Let's go Flyers. Let's see if we could take this series against the Montreal Canadiens and we will be back to recap game one. So see you later, everyone.